have all the bugs gone? By Brooke Jarvis, adapted from New York Times magazine. Some insect populations around the world have gone into alarming decline. What does it mean for the rest of life on Earth? Soon Boy Reese was enjoying a bike ride with his youngest son through fields and woodlands near their home north of Copenhagen when it suddenly occurred to him that something was amiss. It was summer. He was out in the country moving fast, but he wasn't eating any bugs. For a moment, Reese was transported to his childhood on the Danish island of Lolland. Summer bike rides meant cruising through thick clouds of insects. Inevitably, he swallowed some. When his parents took him driving, the car's windshield was frequently smeared with insect carcasses, but he couldn't recall the last time he needed to wash bugs from his windshield. Where had all those insects gone? I met Reese, a lanky high school science and math teacher, on a hot day in June 2018. From his garage, he retrieved a large insect net and strapped it to his car's roof. Made of white mesh, the net ran the length of his car and was held up by a tent pole at the front, tapering to a small removable bag in back. This is not 100% legal, he said, but I guess for the sake of science. Insects are the vital pollinators and recyclers of ecosystems and the base of food webs everywhere. Reese was not alone in noticing their decline. In the United States, scientists have watched the population of monarch butterflies fall by 90% in the last 20 years. The rusty-patched bumblebee dropped by 87% over the same period. With other less-studied insect species, one butterfly researcher told me, all we can do is wave our arms and say, it's not here anymore. The feeling was so common that entomologists called it the windshield phenomenon for the way many people first noticed that they weren't seeing as many bugs. To test what had been primarily a loose suspicion, Reese and 200 other Danes were roaming back roads in their outfitted cars as part of a study conducted by the Natural History Museum of Denmark, a joint effort of the University of Copenhagen, Aarhus University and North Carolina State University. When the investigators began planning the study in 2017, they weren't sure if anyone would sign up. But by the time the nets were ready, a paper by a German entomological society had brought the problem of insect decline into sharp focus. The study found that, measured by weight, the overall abundance of flying insects in German nature reserves had decreased by 76% over just 27 years. Headlines around the world warned of an insect Armageddon. Within days of announcing the insect study, the Natural History Museum of Denmark was turning away eager volunteers by the dozens. It seemed there were people like Reese everywhere, people who had noticed a change but didn't know what to make of it. How could something as fundamental as the bugs in the sky just disappear? And what would become of the world without them? Insects are a reminder of how little we know about what's happening in the world around us. We've named and described a stupefying array of thrips, firebrats, antlions, froghoppers, and other enormous families of bugs. The ones we think we know well, we don't. There are 12,000 types of ants, more than 20,000 varieties of bees, almost 400,000 species of beetles. And yet entomologists estimate that millions of species are unknown to science. When entomologists began investigating insect declines, 
they lamented the absence of solid information from the past. We see a hundred of something, and we think we're fine, said David Wagner, an entomologist at the University of Connecticut. But what if there were 100,000 two generations ago? Rob Dunn, an ecologist at North Carolina State University, recently searched for studies showing the effect of pesticide spraying on the quantity of insects living in nearby forests. He found none. We ignored really basic questions, he said. There have been documented downward slides of well-studied bugs, including various kinds of bees, moths, butterflies and beetles. In Britain, as many as 30 to 60% of species were found to have diminishing ranges. A 2014 review in Science Journal synthesised the findings of existing studies and found that a majority of monitored species were declining, on average by 45%. People who studied fish found that they had fewer mayflies to eat. Ornithologists kept finding that birds that rely on insects for food were in trouble. Eight in ten partridges gone from French farmlands, 90 and 80% drops, respectively, for nightingales and turtle doves. The signs, though alarming, were not enough to justify grand pronouncements about the health of insects as a whole. Then came the German study. It brought forth exactly the kind of longitudinal data scientists had been seeking, and it wasn't specific to just one type of insect. The numbers indicated a vast impoverishment of an entire insect universe. The study hadn't appeared in a particularly prestigious journal and didn't come from the entomology department at a major university, but from the Entomological Society Krefeld, a German body with a mix of experienced entomologists and amateur enthusiasts. Krefeld, a half-hour drive outside Dusseldorf, is a city of brick houses and flower gardens and a Stadtwald, a municipal forest and park. Near the centre stands the stolid headquarters of the society whose research caused so much commotion. Founded in 1905, the society uses nearly 560 square metres of an old three-storey school as storage space. Ask for a tour of the collections and you will hear such sentences as This whole room is Lepidoptera, referring to a former classroom stuffed with wooden frames containing pinned butterflies and moths. And in an even larger room, Every bumblebee here was collected before the Second World War, 1880 to 1930. We store everything, explained society member Martin Sorg. That gives us today the possibility to go back in time. The Krefeld Society is volunteer-run, with experienced entomologists making up about a third of their 60 members, another third holding university degrees in related fields, and the remainder younger members getting training from the society. They have an enormous depth of knowledge about insects, accumulated through years of what other people might consider obsessive attention. Their projects often involve setting up malaise traps, nets that drive insects flying by into bottles of ethanol. In 2013, Krefeld entomologists confirmed that the total number of insects caught in one nature reserve was nearly 80% lower than the same spot in 1989. They found similar declines at other sites. Scientists at Radboud University in the Netherlands did a trend analysis of the data that Krefeld provided. The study found consistent declines in 63 nature preserves. The flying insect community as a whole has been decimated over the last few decades, the authors wrote. Scientists have tried to calculate the benefits that insects provide. 
Trillions of bugs pollinate some three-quarters of our food crops, a service worth as much as $500 billion every year. By eating and being eaten, insects turn plants into protein and power the growth of all the species, including freshwater fish and a majority of birds, that rely on them for food, not to mention all the creatures that eat those creatures. Bugs are vital to the decomposition that keeps nutrients cycling, soil healthy, plants growing and ecosystems running. After introducing cattle to Australia at the turn of the 19th century, settlers found that cow pies were taking months or even years to decompose. In 1951, a visiting entomologist realised what was wrong. The local insects, evolved to eat the smaller and more fibrous waste of marsupials, couldn't handle large amounts of cow excrement. For the next 25 years, the importation and release of dozens of species of dung beetles became a national priority. That was just one unfilled niche. We simply don't know everything that insects do. When asked what would happen if insects were to disappear completely, scientists find words like chaos, collapse, Armageddon. Naturalist E.O. Wilson has written of an insect-free world where most plants and land animals become extinct and where the human species survives, able to fall back on wind-pollinated grains and marine fishing, despite mass starvation and resource wars. The survivors would offer prayers for the return of weeds and bugs, he adds. But insects wouldn't have to disappear altogether for us to find ourselves missing them. In the early 2010s, tropical ecologist Brad Lister returned to Puerto Rico to the Luquillo rainforest where he had studied lizards and their prey 40 years earlier. Lister collected insects in the same places he had in the 1970s, but this time he and his co-author, Andres Garcia, caught 10 to 60 times less arthropod biomass than before. It's easy to read that number as 60% less, but it's 60-fold less. Where once he caught 473 milligrams of bugs, Lister was now catching just 8 milligrams. It was, you know, devastating, Lister told me. But even scarier were the ways the losses were moving through the ecosystem, with serious declines in the numbers of lizards, frogs and possibly birds. After the study was published, Lister's inbox filled with messages from other scientists, especially people who study soil invertebrates, telling him they were seeing similarly frightening declines. Chris Thomas, an insect ecologist at the University of York, says insects, like other species, are responding to the transformation of the world. Not just climate change, but also the widespread conversion of natural spaces into human ones. The diversity of insects means that some will make do in new environments, some will thrive, and some will fail. Says Thomas, the average across all species is still a decline. Since the Krefeld study came out, researchers have begun searching for other forgotten repositories of information that might offer windows into the past. Roel van Klink, a researcher at the German Centre for Integrative Biodiversity Research, told me that he has been looking for long-term monitoring studies, many of which began as studies of agricultural pests, such as grasshoppers in Kansas, that could help create a more thorough picture of what's happening. He has compiled data from over 1,600 locations and is now working on the statistical analysis. There are also new efforts to set up more insect monitoring schemes. One is a pilot project in Germany similar to the Danish car study. To analyse what is caught, 
the researchers turned to volunteer naturalists with the necessary breadth of knowledge to know what they're looking at. Dave Goulson, an entomologist at the University of Sussex, says that Europe's tradition of amateur naturalism may account for why so many of the clues to the fall-off of insect biodiversity originate there. We wouldn't know anything if it weren't for them, Goulson told me. We'd be entirely relying on the fact that there's no bugs on the windshield. Thomas believes that this naturalist tradition is also why Europe is acting much faster than other places to address the decline of insects. Since the Krefeld data emerged, there have been hearings about protecting insect biodiversity in the German Bundestag and the European Parliament. European Union member states voted to extend a ban on neonicotinoid pesticides and have begun to fund further studies of how abundance is changing and what can be done. Stemming insect declines will require much more than this, however. The European Union already had some measures in place to help pollinators, including more strictly regulating pesticides and paying farmers to create insect habitats by leaving fields fallow and allowing for wild edges alongside cultivation. But insect populations dropped anyway. New reports call for national governments to collaborate and for more creative approaches, such as integrating insect habitats into the design of roads, power lines and other infrastructure. The necessary changes, like the causes, may be profound. It's a debate we need to have urgently, Goulson says. If we lose insects, life on Earth will... He trailed off. In Denmark, soon Boy Reese's transect with his car net took him past woods, lawns, hedges, a Christmas tree farm and a large military property on which the grass grew tall and golden. Reese had received instructions not to drive too fast, so traffic backed up behind us and some people began to honk. So much for science, he said. After five kilometres, he turned around and drove back toward the start. His windshield stayed mockingly clean. At the end of the transect, Reese stopped, unfastened the net and removed the small bag at its tip. Reese peered through the mesh, inside of which he could make out a number of black specks. There was also a single butterfly, white-winged and delicate. He thought of a bet he had going with friends who had also participated in the survey. Who would net the biggest bug? The meaning of bigness had not been defined. He wondered how it might be reckoned. What gave a creature value? Is it weight, he asked, staring down at the butterfly. In the big bag, it looked small and sad and alone. Or is it grace? For more RD Talks, visit readersdigest.com.au. Brought to you by Reader's Digest Australia. Narration by Zoe Murnier. Sound production by Ricky Price.